Hello, you're listening to History Today, a place where we're reminded that history is truly his story. History is the story of God and the demonstration of his glory and the theater of his world. I hope you enjoy listening to these episodes of Church History Today. Their purpose is to ignite a passion for God's truth one historical event at a time. Today is January the 11th, 2019, but on January the 11th, 1875, the famous pastor Henry Ward Beecher was sued. Beecher was an American Congregationalist pastor of Plymouth Church, a church he became the pastor of in 1847, a little over a decade before the Civil War. During the Civil War period, he became a strong supporter of the abolition of slavery. After the war, he was an ardent supporter of women's suffrage and the temperance movement as well. His fame even spread to Europe, where he toured giving speeches on the support of the Union. And it was Harriet Beecher Stowe who was his sister, the one who wrote the popular novel entitled Uncle Tom's Cabin. Beecher was a man that believed politics belonged in the pulpit, and he was loved by his congregation due to his powerful oratorical skills, humor, homespun stories, and even his use of slang. The son of a minister, Beecher knew how to work the crowds in his preaching. People literally flocked to hear him. He seemed to speak on their level. He seemed to live on their level. He seemed to be authentic, someone who didn't judge. In fact, his sermons emphasized the love of God, a theology that he apparently misapplied to his own detriment because in 1875 he was sued for adultery. That's right. The man was tried in court for the accusation of adultery. In fact, this trial is considered one of the most well-known of the 19th century. In 1872, an article circulated written by women's suffrage advocate Victoria Woodhall. Interestingly, Beecher's own sister, Isabella Beecher Hooker, supported Woodhall's report. But the report purported that Beecher was secretly practicing free love doctrines by having extramarital affairs. This story created a national sensation. Then, in January of 1875, Beecher was sued by his former associate and longtime friend, Theodore Tilton, for the charge of having an affair with his wife, Elizabeth Tilton. The trial began in January of 1875 and ended in July of that same year. Debbie Applegate, the author of the Pulitzer-winning biography of Henry Ward Beecher entitled The Most Famous Man in America, tells us that by some accounts, there were more headlines about the Beecher scandal than the Civil War. It absolutely captivated the nation. Applegate says that Beecher's emphasis on love as the center of Christianity, coupled with his outspoken belief in freeing slaves, made him immensely popular. But she also says, and I quote, The problem was he couldn't use his knowledge of human nature to keep himself out of trouble. I spent 20 years working on Beecher, and I am still shocked that powerful men think they won't get caught. Truly, Henry Ward Beecher thought he could get away with it. His delivery was emotional and so genuine that people felt he was a personal conduit for God's love. God loves Beecher, and Beecher loves me, so that must mean God loves me. That creates a powerful temptation for a pastor, says Applegate. Applegate goes on to say that the Beecher scandal was the end of innocence for the Civil War generation. She says, and I quote, Every generation seems to have an everything-has-changed moment, a period of tremendous disillusionment. And here was a man who was open about his own failures, like a lovable old uncle, someone who always gave you a hug. Some scandals come from the glare of distance, a person looming so large above me that I will take pleasure to see him or her brought down. But Beecher seemed like a better version of ourselves. He possessed a magical kind of charisma, says Applegate. People told him things that they never tell their spouses, end quote. 
Well, sadly, Beecher's church sided with Beecher and ostracized Tilton, the man who sued him for his adultery. And the trial ended in a hung jury. Beecher actually became more popular because of the scandal and garnered an even larger audience than the one he had before. Astonishingly, his congregation grew, and after the trial, the church board voted to award him a $100,000 bonus, an enormous amount of money even in that day. To this, Applegate says, and I quote, God bless America. We are the most curious people, end quote. To that I say, yes, we are, and we are also a sinful people. What is sad is that the surprising aspect of the Beecher scandal to us who hear about it today is not the part about adultery. Pastors seemingly fall into adultery every day in America. What's shocking to us, and this shows us how far we have come since the Beecher scandal, is that Beecher was sued for his adultery. That's the part that sounds foreign to us. We live in a culture that has sadly lowered the bar for ministers. But this was where we were headed. The Beecher scandal may have expedited the moral decline, but the slide had already occurred. The lesson in all of this is not to be better and to do better. The answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. If one reads the sermons of Beecher, he will find that Beecher was quite liberal. In fact, the gospel is very difficult, if not impossible, to find in his sermons. Today, evangelicalism isn't all that different than in Beecher's day. Perhaps he was the innovator of love theology, a type of theology that does away with God's justice, a type that forgives sin not through the atoning death of Christ on the cross, but by simply ignoring sin and being an activist for social reform. You also know we are on a dangerous road when ministers like Beecher and ministers today are hailed as great leaders for their moral failures. How many ministers have gained more followers after their scandals? It's not just Beecher. He may have been the first. But we live in a bizarre world. We are a curious people, to borrow the language of Beecher's biographer, to somehow respect a man more after a public moral failure, to give him a bigger platform, to think that his failure somehow reveals his authenticity. But let's remember that Beecher did not want his adultery to go public. He fought against it getting out. So in this sense, he was anything but authentic. Everybody knew he was likely guilty, and this was the problem. His guilt made him a hero. The lesson from this event in church history to learn is not only how far we have come as a nation, but more importantly, the influence ministers have on those who hear them. No doubt many liked Beecher because it gave them a pass on their sin, which didn't seem that bad compared to his. But the qualifications set down in 1 Timothy 3 reveal it is indeed a high calling to be a minister of the gospel. Pastors do people no favors by preaching a summary of the gospel by saying all that's important is God's love without also mentioning the reality of sin and God's justice. Ministers should also be men of honesty, not pretending to be perfect. They are human and they will fail. But if a minister disqualifies himself from ministry, he should not become more qualified in the people's eyes. For that is to reverse the whole point of pastoral qualifications to begin with, given in 1 Timothy 3. Judgment begins with the household of God. May the church repent of her bizarre love theology and return to the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which defines God's love and God's grace as only being available through the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Morality doesn't save. Social reform doesn't save. Neither the morality nor the social reform of Beecher saved him. Only Jesus saves. May we preach him, and may our lives match our message to his glory. History is truly his story. It's the story of God and the demonstration of his glory in the theater of world events. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Church History Today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andrew Smith.